Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I've been a wino for a very long time. And I'm Jules, a sommelier in training. Ooh, fancy. It's real fancy considering the topic of our of our discussion today. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, we are... Basically having one giant Schweinigans episode Hell yeah, featuring we are. two bottles of wine that were our personal picks when we were in college. So this episode closes out our college ser- back to school series and I'm, I'm pretty excited about the bullshit we're about to get into. Uh, but before we do that, let's kick this off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what you cheers and jeers in this episode? I am cheersing to being home alone for four nights. Jealous. Because my husband was in Knoxville for a work meeting or work trip. So I got to do whatever the fuck I want for those four nights, which included, I did not make the bed. I let I left laundry undone. <laughs> and on the floor. On the, oh, on, no, I actually I did put okay. in a laundry basket. I watched... The Batman trilogy, it was like Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Christian Bale, yeah. Yes. Yes. I realized I'd only ever really seen The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, so I watched all three of those and then some other bullshit Netflix rom-coms. And I also ate chocolate cake every day. (laughs) Some days I even had it for breakfast. I was living the bachelor life. Legit. I I love, just as you prepare for your anniversary, (laughs) fantastic. Yep. Enjoying life as a single gal. (laughs) All the single ladies. All the single (laughs) ladies. Well, that sounds delightful, but I understand your jeers is um, less so. The jeers is um, a little messier. So, um, as some of you may know, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, we are renovating a house, a cabin in the mountains, a couple hours away from San Diego. Cabins in the woods. Cabins in the woods. (laughs) Um, And last week, we drove up there, and there was no toilet. Literally, it was a hole in the floor. The toilet was gone. And did I mention it's a one-bathroom house? So that's that's it. It's the only toilet. So uh, the rest of the day, I peed outside in our backyard, kind of tucked under the deck so my neighbors didn't see me, until the contractor finally came at like 10 o'clock at night to just temporarily reinstall the toilet. I bet the dogs were like, what the fuck, mom? This is our spot. How dare you? I know. But then I was like, you know what, though? We're peeing all over the yard. Like, none of these big cats and these prowling animals that are up here in the mountains are going to come near our property. Rob's not going to have to use his bear spray? No, I think we used our urine spray. (laughs) Gross. Drea, what are you cheersing to today? So, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it, I am cheersing to fall travel. Tis the season. I am ready. Uh, Fall was always the time of year in the before times, pre-pandemic, that I would do a ton of travel. And she back. I just got back from a trip. Uh, I've got another one next week. I've got a big one two weeks after that. I've got another big one two weeks after that. So... Yeah, she has literally been gone to either Palm Springs or Paso Robles. 
pretty much for the last like two months. So I don't know what she's talking about this fucking fall travel. <laughs> it's just travel season. Fall season. I'm putting season in quotation marks. It's a is 365 season. days a year. <laughs> and work I was like, oh, can't do it then. I have PTO. Oh, can't do it then. And they were like, the fuck. Like, you know what? Just pencil me in from now until January. I Basically. She's like, I'm going to use every fucking PTO day I have. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have earned it. Exactly. You And this is a public service announcement. Use your fucking PTO. Yes. Don't give them free time. Use your fucking PTO. Also use it and don't think like, oh, I'll just cash it out at the end of the year. No. Don't take no, the money. Don't take do your that. fucking days off. Take the Mental time. health, physical health, happiness, well-being. It's worth it. All of it. Also, Dre and I are always talking about trying to do a road trip, but when the fuck are we supposed to do that if you are literally always on vacation? I mean, my road trips have toilets, though. So. <laughs> Speaking of, what's your jeers today? This should come as a surprise to no one. <laughs> my jeers is weather-themed. Oh, God. <laughs> fucking late summers, fucking climate change, fucking climate change deniers. It is fucking hot. There is no denying it. It's we hot. are literally on fucking fire. We are boiling. It is the worst. <laughs> yeah, and this is coming from living in San Diego that when I moved here, I guess is maybe like 15 years ago, it was, oh, it's 75 and sunny. That's pretty much like the average temperature yep. all year Same. round, like winter, summer. And now we're seeing these very big shifts in our summer weather. So it's 90 plus degrees here in San Diego today. And Dre and I are sitting fuck. in a, like a little room that has some air conditioning with a fan on us. The dogs are all like sprawled out. You all probably know what a hot dog looks like. Just lying there like, <laughs> shoot me now. That's I mean, us. <laughs> we're the and hot dogs. And then in the winter, there's this, uh, it swings the other way where it's super, super cold. Mm -hmm. And... Um, newsflash, everybody, in San Diego, if you live in a, okay, I live in a 1924 home, there's no insulation. There's no energy efficient double pane fucking windows. Nope. <laughs> Nothing. It's, I mean, you could boil an egg on some of our walls in this house on days like today. So it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to cheers to your jeers there today we go. because That's right. <laughs> it is some bullshit. And also if you think climate change isn't real. You can just unfucking follow us on yeah, this, this podcast. Yeah, this is not the podcast. This is for not you. the place for you. Well, you know, Bye. He, here's the thing too. I was so I was just up in Paso Robles on um one of my on her many vacations. One of my non-fall traveling trips, and uh, I mean, so when we got there, it was in the 80s, and by the time we left, just yesterday, it was 106 there yeah that's in Paso gross. and you know when we were out tasting I was talking to people harvest was super early this year all the whites are already have already been picked mm -hmm. processed and are in the tank oh so let's just uh, disclaimer for those of you that are not familiar with the geography of California Paso Robles is about is central California central coast but then it's east of the coast so it's a pretty significant wine producing region of California, Andrea was there celebrating her anniversary and also with her parents and drinking tons of good wine. Every day I was like, where are you going today? I need to know what all the wines you're drinking are. So we um, were very jealous of Drea's little trip to Paso, but yeah, definitely. But it's still it's, only about 30 minutes inland from the coast. But so that's, 
enough. Especially no, because you have some mountain. Like you, you do have, have the mountains, mountains so coming up from like Cambria, yeah. San Simeon. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I mean, the fact that harvest was that early. And reds, they said they'll be done by second week of September. Oh, shit. Yeah. Usually it's October, like September, October. Yep. Huh. End of wonder, September, early I'm going to be curious what um, Napa and Sonoma are doing. Yeah, we'll so have to find out. stay tuned for that. All right, so that's our cheers and jeers for this non-vintage-y college episode that we have today. episode we're not doing a formal shawinigan segment because this whole wah, wah. damn thing is a shawinigan it's a big <laughs> shawinigan so we thought to round out our back to school college arc that we would have an episode that focuses on the earliest stages of our wino evolution our college years so we have already featured some wines from where we went to school we did berkeley mm-hmm. and illinois <laughs> respectively <laughs> and now we are going to highlight what we drank when we were in school and we're gonna see if it holds up spoiler alert probably doesn't but it's gonna be a real good time so jules why don't we start with your pick what wine were you drinking in college I'm going to just put a disclaimer on this. I wasn't really drinking a lot of wine in college. Photographic evidence suggests otherwise. This is true. <laughs> but I don't know what those wines were because it was yeah. in Spain right. and I was like, whatever the fuck it was, right? But I started drinking wine actually at a really early age at home because my parents are Scottish. And so it was very normal for us to have a glass of wine with dinner on a special occasion. So like Christmas dinner, you could have a glass of wine. Uh, birthdays, we had like a mimosa. So, I mean, I wasn't drinking when I was like 10. But in high school, I was allowed to have a glass of wine as long as I wasn't driving anywhere. So I kind of went with that as my college wine because then when I would go home for like the holidays or like, you know, anything like that, this is the wine that we would drink at the table. So it wasn't what I was actually drinking in Illinois because that was more like shots of tequila well, and $1.50 Coronas. Not wine. Maybe Franzia White Zinfandel in a box made an appearance once in a while in college, but I would I, I couldn't even bring myself to try that right now. I just... <laughs> Drea <laughs> literally just threw up in her mouth. That is... She did. That is the same visceral reaction I have if... <laughs> If someone today served me a fucking Malibu rum and coke, oh, I would be like, get that shit away from me. It's, no, no. I mean, just the smell oh. of like Franzia White Zinfandel, I think would have me running for the toilet <laughs> to put my head in it. Like the good old days in college. The good old days. It almost tasted better coming up as it went down. I mean, Probably. So, that's a little aside. So my pick for this episode is a Lambrusco. So which classy. Which is an Italian sparkling, but it's a Reunite Lambrusco. And that's spelled R-I-U-N-I-T-E. So stylish. But it is Italian. Like truly Italian. 
So like I said, this is the wine that I really remember the most drinking at the dinner table with my parents when I was in high school and then, you know, during college at different various holidays or gatherings. Yeah, when you would come home, that would be the wine that was served. So it still counts. It still counts. Yeah, it counts. And I also just really do appreciate that my parents allowed me to have a glass of wine with dinner. So I, I didn't grow up with this sort of like American Puritan idea that like alcohol was bad. Right. So even in high school, I remember, you know, my friends would kind of start drinking. I was always designated driver because I was like, I don't see what the big deal is, guys. Like I could, if, if I want a rum and coke, I could have a rum and coke at home or I could have a glass of wine. Like my parents' liquor cabinet was not fucking locked. There was no lock and key on our liquor cabinet. Like, <laughs> well, and they I, weren't measuring how much alcohol was in the bottles or anything like that. I can't <laughs> even imagine Sharpie that. marker. Oh, Jesus. And I think we had really similar experiences growing up that way. Um, I'll save mine for, for my wine story. But yeah, certainly I don't think alcohol was a huge mystery in either one of our no. homes. Andy and Rose, Max and Gordon. Two thumbs up. You guys got it right. In some and look, in some regards. Here we are. <laughs> and here we are in all our glory. <laughs> all right. So tell us about this Lambrusco. Okay. So this Lambrusco, I will say to this day, I do credit the Reunite Lambrusco for my love of Lambrusco in general. And Lambrusco, I think, is, especially in the United States, is an underappreciated style of wine. I love a good Lambrusco. And I do as well, but I will say that initially when I started seeing Lambrusco kind of appear at the Rose and some other wine bars, I was kind of like, oh my God, it's like reunite. Like I just... <laughs> You're like, the I, fuck you say? I was just a little confused. $12 a glass? How dare you? Yes, the whole bottle's $5. <laughs> that markup though, man, inflation. I know. But, so I do credit this particular rhyme for my love of Lambrusco, albeit my taste buds have probably, I hopefully, matured. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> and my bank account has gotten a little, you know, better in terms of being able to afford something a little different. Just a so smidge. this wine hails from the Emilia Romagno region of Italy. So it is an Italian wine. It, like we said, Italian sparkling. And Lambrusco is a true symbol of the northern Italian region. It's made from a grape varietal that is unique to the Emilia region of Italy. And it's made in the frizzante style, which means it's light, sparkling, and fruit forward. I mean, what more could you ask for? Light, it's sound like a especially wine <laughs> because it's 5 million degrees fair. today. I so don't think my pick is going to fare as well. My pick is actually <laughs> perfect for the weather that we are having. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. I'm going to shut my fucking whore mouth about shut my pick. <laughs> <laughs> this particular wine, Reunites Lambrusco, started in the 1950s. And it started with nine wine producers that joined forces to launch the Cantina Cooperative Reunite. And today, Reunite is still owned by 1,700 families Holy shit. of vine growers who are all passionate about the quality and journey of their products. That's directly from their website. That is that's a, a lot, lot of people. That's a lot of people that have sort of an investment in this doing well, right? In this wine being 
they are they have, all growers? Do you know? It says families of vine growers. Wow. So maybe they're all smaller vineyards. Maybe. Yeah, that's crazy though. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of intrigued, kind of terrified. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Tell me about it. For those of you wondering, the price point for this wine is... Drea, take a guess. This seems classier than the wine I picked for this episode, so I'm going to say... Also, the wine that you picked is literally, the, in the name of it, is the price. That's not the... Foreshadowing. That's not the formal name. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to say six to nine. You're close. The price point for this wine is between 5 and $8, depending on, obviously, where you purchase it. So I purchased my bottle at my local uh, liquor store called The Bottle House. So it was a little bit more expensive than what I had initially researched. But it's convenience. Okay. It's convenient. I Can't was able, the price on convenience. able to walk there and buy my little bottle of Reunite Lambrusco. A fun fact about this wine is that according to their website, and we all know that data can be manipulated in many different ways, it's America's number one selling Italian wine. What? You know what though? I believe that shit. My mind is a little bit blown because I'm kind of like, wait, other people know about the Reunite Lambrusco? <laughs> Girl, people drink garbage everywhere. I'm Had telling you. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> no, okay. I haven't. So there you go. But there is a Lambrusco that's, I forget the name of it. Sell it at every grocery store. It has that like fucking wicker, fake wicker basket thing on the bottom. That's not a Lambrusco. It's not? No. Really? I Mm, think that that's, it's an Italian and I want to say it's a Chianti. Oh God. Oh, grim. Oh, we should try that. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you discovered something else about this wine. And how they format and market it. Oh, I did. Thank you for the reminder, Drea. I read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> they actually make this in a can. See, that I am fucking here for. So, I love a can of wine. Now I'm super curious to do our little taste test to see if this holds up or not. Because if it does hold up, I'm going to be kind of excited to be able to buy this in a can because it's A, not super expensive. Right. B, it will probably give you a terrible hangover, but whatever. Who cares? That's uh, future C, Jules Andrea's problem. See, so convenient for something that's a little different than, you know, oh, yeah, let's get some Underwood fucking sparkling, you know, So convenient for when we do our next resort pass getaway. Yes. Yeah. And All we right. sneak booze in. 100%. Drea has nailed it. So that's my pick for our college episode, the Reunite Lambrusco. Now that I've told you all what my pick was, Drea, we are all dying to know what your college wine is. So unlike Jules, I actually did consume quite a bit of wine in college. Okay, because she went to Berkeley and I went to University of Illinois. Yeah, but when you Big hear difference. what the wine is, you're going to be like, you dumb hoe. What were you thinking? Honestly, I don't think it matters. Though. Like You were just in the type of environment that is, 
I think more familiar with wine, right? You're in like California, that like is Illinois is yeah. not like a wine region. So I think that people are introduced to wine a lot younger in wine regions. So like Italy, Spain, Portugal, Berkeley, uh, Berkeley, <laughs> Berkeley, California. So, I mean, that is true. I mean, I remember I, my freshman year, I took a freshman seminar on uh modern poetics and it was just like a one unit class and the professor was this you know senior professor in the english department who was then a dean and he taught like once a year and he had us to his house for the last class and he served wine i mean these are a bunch of freshmen you know i i just think that it's kind of ingrained in the culture up there we featured some Berkeley urban wineries on this podcast before, namely Donkey and Goat and Lusu. And so there definitely is a rich tradition up there. But um So let's get get to yeah, it. Yeah, when I was Tell eight, us what you when picked. I was eighteen, that was not what I was drinking. This girl was drinking Charles Shaw, aka, AKA Chubuck Chuck. Told ya. Told ya the price was gonna be in the name. Trader Joe's. And my drink of choice, my varietal of choice, was the Cabernet Sauvignon. Why? Because I watched a lot of TV and drinking Cabernet Sauvignon seemed sophisticated as fuck. And at the time that I was in college, this shit was actually $2. It was $1.99. $1.99. That's right. I do have a comment here. Go on. Which is, <laughs> you had a Trader Joe's. This is true. We this, didn't even have a fucking Trader Joe's. So I grew up right next to the city where Trader Joe's started. Monrovia, yeah. California. So like, I didn't even know where Trader Joe's was until I moved to Chicago. It was like, they have them in Chicago. In the mid-2000s. So like, think about that. <laughs> think Like, think about... Yeah. I mean, just how prolific Trader Joe's is now. Everybody, yep. you know, most people in a, in a bigger city have access to a Trader Joe's. And if you don't, I'm really sorry because Trader Joe's is fucking awesome. Fucking the best. It we really were, is. We were both there earlier. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Okay. Tell us about this wine. God, where do I even start? I don't know. Start somewhere. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. So Charles Shaw has been designated by Business Insider as the, quote, best. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the Cabernet has long been a mainstay in the Trader Joe's wine aisle. Wait, we need a clarification. Is the Cabernet designated as the best of the Charles Shaw label or Charles Shaw? So, so there's a dual. The so because that's can't the, be right. The Cabernet is the best of the Charles Shaw label. Okay, but Charles Shaw is the best in terms of value of the Trader Joe's wines. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Perfect. Um, so Charles Shaw is known known for producing Beaujolais style wines that are cultivated from Napa vines. So they debuted at Trader Joe's in California in 2002, which would have put me in my she sophomore was a year. Baby, yeah, at, I had already graduated. At the well, <laughs> I was two years out. At the glorious. Oh, that's right, because we're four years apart, yep. right? So, um, but thanks uh, for that reminder. What we still fabulous? Yeah, we we are. both fabulous. Some of us more than others. <laughs> and you, obviously. I'm obviously. You. <laughs> <laughs> so 2002, it debuts at the glorious price of $1.99, which is very Holy college budget shit. friendly. 
And that's Col- anybody budget friendly, right? Yeah, there's no excuse not to be fancy as fuck, everyone. So during pour the- that shit into a decanter and pretend like it's something else. Mm, okay, we're gonna see if that works. But during the first ten years that it was in production, get are you ready for this? I'm not. Eight hundred million bottles were sold of Charles Shaw or the Cabernet specifically of Charles Shaw total. So Charles Shaw the the label had they have they do the Cabernet, they do a Merlot, I can't believe I fucking still know this. They do a Chardonnay, they do a Sauvignon Blanc and they do a Rosé and yeah. they do a Zin. So they have six. For a while they did have an organic line too. But those are the six that Maybe, have held Okay, up. so here's do we have anything to compare that to? In in a 10-year period, what does 800 million bottles sold mean compared to, like, I'm just thinking of what's, like, another big... So, I would actually... Like a Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Like, one of those big, sort of, like, very... um, Absolutely. Pervasive wines that you can find. (laughs) I was going to say prolific. Prolific. (laughs) (laughs) Pervasive, brother, whatever. Say it's a P word. I feel like... um, Charles Shaw is actually really compatible, not in terms of, of taste. Let's like put that okay, out of the mix yeah. right now. But in terms of production, a lot of your more prolific Napa Sonoma Pervasive. vineyards. So, <laughs> so think like, um, and every, full disclosure, every winery I'm going to name right now does a really amazing job with their heritage single vineyard wines. But those are not the wines that you are finding at the grocery at store. The grocery store. Right. Those are wines that you're getting at the vineyard, that you're getting at the high-end bottle shops, yeah. through the wine club. But, you know, think of big producers that you see in the grocery aisle, like um, Behringer, Mondavi, Kendall Jackson, uh, Meridian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, big... Yellowtail. Not... <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Think of the big labels from Napa that you're seeing. Places that are not only growing their own grapes for those heritage bottles, but are sourcing a massive amount of grapes from other growers in that region. Charles Shaw is comparable to that, I would say. Okay. Uh, so fun couple fun facts about yeah, we, don't need to, we don't even talk we don't need to talk about the price. Like, well, price point today, what is it? Oh, so price point today is depending on where you are, what state you're in, two ninety nine. Okay. To three ninety nine. So the highest so price it's still super. Affordable. It is super I affordable. Mean, the highest price is that three ninety nine mark in New York. Of course. Um, in San Diego, where we are located, it is three forty nine a bottle. <laughs> so that's what I paid for this delectable Cabernet Sauvignon awesome. of twenty seventeen vintage. There we go. Uh, also, fun fact about the bottle that we are about to drink is I was at Trader Joe's <laughs> and ran into Drea's husband, John, it was, who was looking a little confused. He had a list and I was like, oh, hi, John. And he was like, oh, hi, Jules. They took a selfie and sent it to me. We took a selfie, sent it to Drea, and she had sent him off on the task to to get this bottle for our specific. Okay. In all fairness right. and in full defense of myself. That hoe knows what this is because we used to drink this shit in my apartment in Berkeley when we were dating (laughs) and I would make him 
gnocchi with Alfredo sauce and we would throw David Gray and Dave Matthews on the CD oh, player. What? Yeah. I'm sorry, and, old lady. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is this CD thing? And drink a bottle of Charles Shaw Cabernet Sauvignon. Thought we were real fucking fancy. My, <laughs> the places we have gone. And I'm I, not saying that he did not know what he was looking for, but he was like, okay. I've been sent on a task, and I'm gonna. So John and I procured this bottle together. <laughs> they, did. they did, and it was it was kind of a fun little moment. But anyway, um, and I have a good John Two Buck Chuck story for when we do the tasting, if it is in fact appropriate. Okay, um, but and some, if we have time, and if we have time, because we're already over time. Oh of well, here we are, as per usual. <laughs> but some fun facts um, about this bottle. So the cost of the wine is. Anywhere from vintage to vintage, between 30 and 40% of the retail price. While the glass, the cork, because they use a real fucking cork, and the distribution cost is 60%. That's ridiculous. So I find that hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait But to also, and readers, listeners, feel free to chime in on this when we when we're on the Instagrams I heard a story about how this wine came about because there was a divorce and the wife got custody of the vineyards and she, and it would they were like really good vineyards and she basically was like fuck you to the husband and started making this wine and selling it for $2 that could be an ur- urban legend. We're going to have to look into it. Yeah, I, I have swear, not heard this. I've heard that, that multiple is, um, times. like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie shit right there, though. I mean, I'm but into it. But that's a great story. Yeah. Okay, so. So follow us on the Instagrams. So we can try and verify this story because that would be fascinating. We I am, are going to uncover the mystery of Charles Shaw. Yeah, the two buck chalk. Because I I have heard that a few times that it was some sort of a divorce, sort of um, revenge sort of thing. I, so it was a quality. It really was a quality wine until but sold was for this $2. before they started adding arsenic to it. Well, when it first started is what I'm saying. Like, when you were drinking it, I think probably it was this... If if this story is true, people, I'm not saying that it is. Not the we 2017 to, vintage. Probably yeah. not what we're about to drink that's going to kill us. Cool. But anyway. Okay, well. Um, I did not really have a ridiculous story associated with my bottle of the Reunite Lambrusco because I just think in general the ridiculousness was that I drank it in high school with my parents. But I think that... Drea probably has a ridiculous story to go along with. So I drank a lot of this wine in college. And my... I'm surprised. I lived alone. So my tiny little like 480 square foot apartment with my avocado green stove was sort of the, the gathering place for my group of friends. And this wine was featured heavily during our Monopoly nights. 
Pro tip, never play Monopoly with Cal students. We are assholes. We are vindictive. It is like fucking Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Like, it is a hot damn mess. You add some Thai takeout from, shout out to Thai House in Berkeley. I still love you. You're still my favorite. And Dave Matthews playing in the background to make the evening complete. Um, well, and this also like dates the fuck out of me. So there you are. Oh, at first I was like, wait, Game of Thrones was on when you were in college? No, Game of Thrones I mean, okay, before I was like, okay, you got it. I haven't even really Again, started, I, I haven't even started notes. drinking our wines, but okay. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay. All right, so are we ready for some taste test? We are. Let's do this. Here we go, motherfuckers. <laughs> First up on our taste test, we have Jules's pick, the Lambrusco. We do. All right, Jules, so tell us what we're seeing color-wise and nose-wise. All right, it's inky dark. It really is. But, okay, from the side, when you lift your glass up and put it, like, directly in your eyesight, it's dark, dark. But if you look at it, if you look down into the glass, it is not quite as dark. Yeah, and this Dre is, is doing like her pirate thing. She's got one eye closed, Cock and I'm just eye. looking at it. <laughs> so it's the, like more ruby when you look at it straight on versus through it, right? And the other thing too, this is a good candidate, I think, for like the white background test where you have like a white oh. cloth or paper towel. I don't know about this test. Wait, what? I don't know about this test. Wine tasting one hundred and one. So. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, I, I skipped to 202. Fail! <laughs> so, um, they tell you with, with red wines especially, if you have it up against a white background. Yeah, whether it's paper or a cloth, you get a truer read on the color in the glass. Mm. Okay, so when I do that, because I do have a piece of white paper in front of me. It's a paper tower eating popcorn. It's Yeah, it's... It's not for fucking note-taking. It's for wiping my hands on. Um, I'm seeing, like, it's almost, like, giving me some fuchsia vibes. It, it is more vibrant with the white. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so. All right. I don't. I do want to point out that on the label, it says fizzy, fruity, and semi-sweet. Are we getting any of that on the nose? I'm not getting semi-sweet. What I'm actually getting is a little, almost a little sour. Like a, um, like a sour cherry beer. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a goes beer. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of, we do drink beer too, everyone. Just FYI. We're not starting a podcast about beer. Once in a while we dabble. We take breaks. I'm not getting a ton of fruit. I'm not. Like, there's nothing specific coming through for me. That scares me. I'm not going to lie. Me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. All right. Should we Should we do this? Let's do it. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> oh, we're not in college. Sorry. I was really kind of going for it. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah, that is. I was really hoping that this would be like, wow, that really is. Like a memory. Like a real Lambrusca that we've been 
like drinking the, the past couple years of my mind. <laughs> this shit is like grape juice. Yeah, this is not. It's grape juice. This is not great. This is like something you would get served in a jug somewhere. Yeah, I don't really think we need to say anything more about it. Yeah, it's 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 not. Well, okay, no, I we do have one more thing we have to say about it. Oh, okay. Here's what I will say about it. What could we make with this? Could we make a sangria? Oh, woof. Oh. I'm just thinking, like, could we make... I don't want to pour this bottle of wine down the drain. Because I feel like that's such a waste. Like, what could we potentially... Oh, you know what we could do? We could maybe soak some fruit in it. What if we did, like, a wine slushy? Mm, that's already so sweet, though. Because um, you have to add sugar to make it slushy. Okay, I, I retract. I retract my statement. What if... I mean, you could do, like, a wine... Cool, like a cheap ass wine cooler. Oh, you know, I wonder if this would be good with like a just a regular sparkling water. Like yeah, a like plain a... flavored to cut the sweetness a little bit. Mm hmm. But then, what's the point? On ice yeah. with a lemon wedge? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, we might be able to salvage. Spritz style. You know what? We'll try it out on Rob and John. Rob, will do, Rob I could probably pour him a glasses when he gets home and he'll be like, this is fantastic. Hot Rob. <laughs> Taste cheap, buds. Cheap date. Not so great. <laughs> I mean, John's the same, so. Yeah. Mm, it will not go to waste, everyone. So our last note about this wine, we're doing sort of a college-themed pairing. I don't even know that I'd pair something with this. It just, I don't want to drink it. But think about 19-year-old jewels. Pigs in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Twist my arm. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to revisit... A food from my episode that is similar vibes. Top dog, hot dog. I wish you all could see the face that Jules is making. In fact, we are going to take a photo and put that up on the gram. <laughs> it's, guys. It's not good. Gals, great. guys. I'm trying to be politically correct. Friends. It's not good. It's not great. I'm really no. disappointed. And also, I'm really scared if this truly is the number one selling fucking Italian wine in the United States. That's if this really is what people think is Italian wine. I'm not on board with that. And this is really disappointing. Yeah. You know, John always says, don't go looking for memories in lost places. Well, we did. <laughs> and here we are. Wah, wah, wah. Now, moving on to Drea's pick, which was the Charles Shaw 2017 California Cabernet Sauvignon, otherwise known as Tubacha. Drea, so, what are we seeing? What are we smelling? What are we tasting? So it's definitely not as dark as the Lambrusco, which yeah. I'm already going to say is maybe a good sign. Uh, but is it? <laughs> it I am going to say <laughs> it is a rich cranberry mm, color yep i would concur it has some clarity i want to be clear it has zero well not a little, zero legs. Some, a little legs. some legs not there's little legs little baby legs they're hot rob legs rob has skinny little chicken legs everyone john, so john i feel like these are like rob and john legs yep they're from, not drangles legs, legs. Nope, they, they are not <laughs> that is not what we're working with here despite the fact that this is a five-year aged Vintage. I mean, I don't know how they yeah, age 2017? it. 2017? Yeah. Right? So, it's a little... Legs are a little weak for a five-year-age vintage, but all right. Let's... And for a cab. 
Yeah, let's. Yeah, usually let's, a cab has some thick ass legs on it. Uh huh. Like this bitch. So, uh-huh. all right, let's take a whiff here. Don't mind our dogs eating popcorn in the background. Oh, you should have brought Dobie. He could have seen his girlfriend. I know he loves his girlfriend. He could have maybe peed on our couch. <laughs> Poor Dobes. Ooh, Ooh, that is sharp. <laughs> you know what I smell? Alcohol. Yeah. Very. It is. It, it's alcoholy. So for those of you that just want something with alcohol in it, this but here's might the, be thing. the thing: for a cab, this doesn't have a high ABV. This is twelve point five. Because cabs nowadays are like fourteen, thirteen, four. Especially yeah. now, like with these early harvests, the Napa you know, cabs are up into like the fifteens now too. Yeah, it's crazy. So this is you know a Napa cab theoretically, and it is it is a sharp. I can't get any fruit i just get a real sharp alcohol on the nose there's no distinction no there's no distinct notes of anything it's just alcoholic oh man which you know what when you're in college that's what you fucking want you're not swirling things you're not sniffing things when you're in college you're just drinking it i actually think my swirling technique may have been a mistake right now all right should we taste this bad boy yep so i'm gonna say this it's not as bad as the Lambrusco. It, yeah, it's better than it's definitely better than Lambrusco. Drea wins this round. I I won the spritz round. Drea <laughs> wins the college round. I would drop a chill on this if I was going to entertain drinking more of it. Like I would bring it down a good ten. Did to we 15. have it? Oh, we took it out of the. We took it out a while ago. Yep. And so I, you definitely want to serve this at around like sixty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 take a little bit of that that sharp bite off. Yeah. Um, what if I put a wine like a um, an ice cube in it? Okay, Rose. What if I put a frozen Lambrusco ice cube <laughs> in it? Because <laughs> offline we were just talking about making Lambrusco ice cubes that could go into something cocktail. else. So maybe stay tuned for that little aside, little update on what Jules did with the Lambrusco. Or we're just gonna blend our own wine. Look we're at us go. go. <laughs> we'll start. That's our next step. We're gonna start making our own wine. So what I will say about this is you do get some traditional cab notes, like you get some like dark bing cherry you get some like cocoa nib baking spice like you you, do you yeah i think you do i mean you're also talking to the bitch who like tasted at the bacardi factory and out of (sighs) bacardi's like their silk their blanco i was like i'm getting hints of toffee and vanilla and they were like yeah they were like you either have the best palate i've ever seen or you're a raging alcoholic and i was like (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's combination so um you know i am getting some of like those fruit and cabernet notes a little bit of earthiness I mean, it's not great. So, a couple of years ago, though, it's not great. It's not great. A couple, it's fine. a couple of years ago, I had gone grocery shopping. I had making the mistake of taking John, my husband, and he was wandering about as I was doing like the real heavy lifting. At- that see, that's when I found him in Trader Joe's. I felt like he was wandering. Yeah, a no, that's bit, just how he does it. But he was in the wine aisle. Yeah, like, he was in the vicinity, and I was like, "What's going on?" that's how he does that's how he rolls so i have a cart full of bullshit and he comes back with like a bag of barbecue potato chips and (laughs) 
I mean, yes, thank you, John. A bottle of this wine. And I of the at, Charles Shaw? Yep. And at this point, we're already drinking like pretty good things. And I Wait, was like, this is recently? This was probably about four years, four or five years ago. And I was like, John, the fuck you doing right now? We don't drink that anymore. Yeah, and he was like, I Let's thought just give it a shot. Yeah, he's like, I thought it'd be fun for old time's sake. We'll throw some David I like that. on. We'll do the you know, he was like feeling nostalgic and yeah. romantic. So I was like, fine, I will indulge the sense of whimsy. Get home. I'm making dinner. He opens it up. We're both like, woof, this is not good. You're like, and we're going to use that for cooking. Yep. No, I didn't even use it for cooking. I threw no. it out. Oh, see, I would use it. I always am very careful. Like, I'm very annoyingly anal about trying not to throw stuff away and thinking about how can I use it in something else. And so definitely wine white wine red wine if it's just like no bueno i'm like throw it in the fridge keep it for cooking wine for just whatever stuff but if there's something that specifically calls for a type of wine and it's like a main ingredient in the dish i'm not gonna use some shit wine but if it just is like you can use water or you can use some red wine i'm like i'm gonna use some fucking red wine i mean so okay now and at the time like i was living by the rule of thumb that was like Oh, when you cook with wine, you're concentrating the flavors. So cook with good wine. But you know, then we all oh live through a fucking not. Then we all live through a fucking pandemic, and it was like nothing goes to waste. And like, Plus, the I'm not using a half a cup of good fucking wine so that it can just evaporate into nothing. So it's this, not happening. I would actually use this to like poach pears. You know what? In the fall, and then serve with like a really nice vanilla bean ice cream or something. So, I also have a book, a cookbook. Not far from where we're sitting, called Boozy Cakes. Oh, and good. there is a chocolate cake that calls Cabernet. for red wine. Yep, and that would actually be a great wine for a chocolate cake. Great. So I'm. Gonna oh, leave. Jules is now going to make her second chocolate cake of the week. <laughs> and Drea's going to come over because she thinks Rob is traveling again soon. Yes. So and great. she wants to eat chocolate cake every night and I sometimes do. for breakfast. I do. I 100% want that. And Jules has a guest room. She does. Even though Drea lives just seven minutes away. Seven minutes walking. Seven minutes walking, everyone. That's a long walk when you've had some boozy cake. Far. It's not far. (laughs) And also, let's be honest, we're not just having the boozy cake. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So there you have it. Our revisiting of our college wines, which didn't go so well. Yeah, they, they. I mean, we had a great time, but like they but you know don't what? hold up. They're part of our evolution. They are, and I respect them for that. So we would love to hear about what you drank in college. Uh, share your college selections on our Instagram. We're at Two Girls and a Great Pod. That's T W O Girls and Great Pod on Instagram. Tell us what you were drinking. Share a photo. We'd love to feature you. And along with that. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy listening to us, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify. We appreciate you very much. And if you don't enjoy us, just don't leave a rating at all. Yeah, just, you know. Just don't listen. Be cool. Unfollow. Be chill. Be chill. Be chill. Uh, Our next episode is taking a different turn of sorts. Oh, it's taking a (laughs) U-turn. It's taking a U-turn. We are both celebrating our wedding anniversaries currently and soon. We haven't killed the husbands yet. It's 
I've that's so, the cel- that's the celebration. So that's I've, a true celebration. Yeah, fifteen years and how for you? Sixteen years. Okay, so yeah, really close. I mean, and we they all, they said it wouldn't last, but uh, I we, said it wouldn't last. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. We are featuring our significant others on our next episode, and we have developed a very fun challenge for them. So, yeah, so keep your eyes on our Instagram and on our reels to follow along and cheer them on because they they go on they're gonna need it (laughs) they're gonna need some serious moral virtual support people the silver fox and hot rob are gonna be hot water and with that salute cheers